wish to die, please raise their hands. guys welcome back to nightmares and chill i am eddie olivares and i am joe rogan jennifer proles <laughs> jesus christ and we are your hosts yep <laughs> welcome oh. back to a podcast where we take one iconic horror movie and one true crime story and, and we, we bring, bring them, them together. together. Fuck it. Oh up, bro. my god, that's it. Stop the podcast. We, we're done. We're done. Eric, cut it. Eddie, let them know where they can find us on social media. You can follow us at Nightmares and Chill on Instagram. You can follow us on Twitter at Nightmares Chill. We have a Facebook under Nightmares and Chill. And then if you have any serious inquiries, questions, or maybe want to sponsor us, you can email us at nightmaresandchill at gmail.com. You can follow me at Disnerd Eddie on both Twitter and Instagram. And you can find me on Instagram under Jennifer X Pearls. And that is that. So, so. how you doing? I'm doing okay. Um, you know, the world is a mess, but whatever. I'm doing all right. How are you doing? The world is a mess. I'm just consistently in a state of, I guess, blissful ignorance. I really Love try that. not to watch the news. I mean, I see it because I am on the social media a lot. Mm-hmm. But at this point, it's kind of like it's out of my hands. There's only so much that I can do, and I just don't have yeah the mental capacity to deal with that i hear you sister which is why i like to drown myself in horror movies yes and true crime the cure for literally everything for everything everything diarrhea horror movies depression horror movies mm-hmm. you got a bruise horror movies mm-hmm. a bad cough horror movies herpes herpes chlamydia i don't think it covers Gonorrhea. chlamydia okay not chlamydia but the other ones i think so 100 percent all right, Eddie, now let's discuss what is the hot topic, no pun intended, of this episode. <laughs> well, we figured since Mother's Day is just around the corner, mm-hmm. this would be our Mother's Day episode. Hooray. So when you think of horrors and you think of the best moms in the world, probably not a lot comes to mind. Correct. Because most of the moms in horror movies are pretty awful. They're a little rough. A little rough. Yeah. But boy, I think does this one, does she take the cake? She is the mom of all moms the when mom it comes of to all horror moms. She is a spooky, spooky bitch. For many reasons. We're talking about Miss Margaret White. We are talking about Carrie. Carrie Bradshaw. Carrie Bradshaw, <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. Now we are talking about uh, 1976's Brian De Palma's iconic movie Carrie, based on the book by Stephen King. Who's that? So he's kind I'm of like this like <laughs> underground author. Never made it big. No, he had never had like a big hit. Poor bastard. Mm-mm. One day, maybe our podcast will give him some maybe exposure. Was... Mm-hmm. Stephen King, you're welcome. You're welcome, Stephen. Oh my goodness, do I have so much 
to talk about when it comes to Carrie. I'm excited. And I have a crime for you later. So you referenced a little bit about this crime and I'm shookity shook. Yes. I'm so excited. So before that, let's, I guess let's get into the movie. Well, first of all, Carrie, love, hate, what do we think? Love. Absolutely love. Five out of five stars. I think that this is- For me personally. Personally, same. I would give it a 10 out of five. Love that. This is one of my not only favorite horror movies, but one of my favorite movies in general. I could watch this movie and I have seen this movie so many times. It was one of my first, I don't even remember how old I was, but it was one of the first movies I I, I don't remember. And I talked to my parents about this because we actually rewatched the movie today oh, and cute. I watched it with them because I, I watched it last night mm-hmm. and took some notes and watched a bunch of amazing um, interviews and documentaries. I don't, I know that one was called Acting Scary. Mm-hmm. And then the other one, I think that one came out in 2001. And I don't remember the name of it, but I will list them, okay. um, reference them later on. Don't fuck it up like I did. Oh, speaking of that, oh, I need to call myself out on something. Uh-oh, dun, dun, dun. Let's hear it. I forgot. <laughs> Exactly. Oh man. It's okay. I did it too. Uh oh. He's getting his notes ready. I got my notes ready. Shit. Well, it's not even that big of a deal. I mean, no, it's a pretty big deal. <laughs> I just need to make sure that this is correct, that I'm getting the name correct. And a lot of you guys might have missed it. I unfortunately or fortunately, soon as I said it, I was like, oh my god, you dumb bitch. Eddie, you're not dumb. Well, it's not that big of a deal. So I <laughs> I referenced, I referred to in our Visible Man episode, mm-hmm. I kept calling Cecilia, Celia. Kind of gave her a nickname. That is not her name. Her name is Cecilia. They call her C in the movie, but no one calls her Celia. And I, for a good chunk of the movie, called that bitch Celia. Like that was her goddamn given name. We love Celia. I don't know who she is, <laughs> the invisible woman. So I apologize to- It's okay. Uh, Elizabeth Moss. She is pissed. Scientology is coming after you. God, well, I'm sure they are from that last episode. (laughs) You and me both. Okay. So to all of the diehard horror movie fans who were like, who the fuck is Celia? I apologize. I don't know. I said it correctly. And then later on just kept calling this bitch Celia. And well, you caught it. Nothing new. I re-listened to the first episode and I referred to I kept messing up on names too. Guys, it's sometimes you just get nervous. 100% yes. And yeah, so we hopefully will not be making that mistake tonight. What were we even talking about? Oh, Carrie. So we, I watched it again with my parents today mm-hmm. and my dad was kind of like, you know, it's so weird, this obsession you had with this movie. And I was like, yeah, I was like, well, I was like, well, first of all, whose idea was it to let me watch this movie at such an early age? Mm-hmm. And he was like, I don't know. He's a, but he, because as we all know, the the one of the big iconic opening scenes after the actual opening scene is a shower scene with completely naked women. Mm-hmm. And I was like, who the hell was letting little old young me <laughs> watch this movie? Um, but it did make an impression because Carrie White, the fictional character, ended up being one of my first celebrity crushes. Mm-hmm. This is a true story. I don't know why. I was a weird kid. When he told me, I was like, this is random as hell, but it, it makes sense because it's you. And now when I see Carrie here, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's Eddie's baby. <laughs> that is my yeah. girl. I don't know. I just thought she was so pretty. And I think the crush mostly was like 
the the fact that she did magic. I was always fascinated right. by that. And the idea that I knew that like if I was going to high school with her, which I was I was like in elementary school probably watching mm-hmm. this movie. I was like, oh, I could save her. If I was her boyfriend, this wouldn't have happened. I would stick up to her bullies. Mm-hmm. Girl, I don't know what he was thinking. It's fine. You were dreaming big. I was dreaming big. But that leads me to what were your like weirdest celebrity or like your first celebrity crushes? My first celebrity crush. Oh, my God. I don't even know. Um, I feel like they were always musicians. Okay. But the first first, I don't know. First big, big where like my family was like, oh, my God, was the singer of Good Charlotte. Oh, okay. Joel Madden. Joel Madden. I was in love with that dude. And then I moved on to bigger and better things. M Shadows from Event Sevenfold. Mm-hmm. I have a type clearly. Yes. Um, oh, cuties. Yeah, I was in love with him. Um, I, I don't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See those, but those kind of make sense, right? Yeah. yeah you yeah. weren't crushing on Carrie White. No. I think after Carrie, I had a crush on like Frankenfurter from Rocky Horror Picture Show. Okay. Again, it makes sense. <laughs> and then you. the Goblin King from The Labyrinth. So very, (laughs) if this doesn't tell you about who I grew up to be, y'all, I don't know what else. These are just my crushes and I, I'm not going to apologize for them. You shouldn't. And rewatching the movie, I stand by my crush on Carrie. I think she's very pretty. I agree. And John Travolta has a line in the movie where he goes, that Carrie White sure is cute. And I said, yes, she is. You're like, back off. I said, she is mine. Back off, Danny. Mm. Mm Mm-mm. Okay, so there is a lot of history when it comes to Carrie. Uh, Carrie, played by Sissy Spacek, mm-hmm. incredible actress, got an Oscar nomination for this movie. Did you know that? I did not, but she fucking deserves it. Her and Piper Laurie, who plays her mom, Margaret White, mm-hmm. both received Oscar nominations, which was a big deal for the horror genre. This had never been wow. done before. I mean, obviously, like little things, you know, little horror movies back in the day, like when Alfred Hitchcock with little horror movies, you know. <laughs> that guy. You know. But um, yeah, it was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and this movie again is directed by Brian De Palma, one of the biggest directors. I mean, Scarface, we're talking Mission Impossible. Big time. So he's like a huge name. Yeah. The main cast includes Amy Irving as Sue Snail, which was the nice, the the girl, the girlfriend from, of Tommy. Tommy's played by William Cat. Obviously, John Travolta yes. plays Billy Nolan. <laughs> yeah. His girlfriend is played by Nancy Allen. She plays Chris Hargensen, the the mean girl. And then we end it with Miss Collins, played by Betty Buckley, which brings me back to my next topic. Let's do it. Who the fuck is Miss Collins? Growing up, watching this movie, I have always known her as Miss DeJardin. So when I rewatched this movie last night and they kept calling her Miss Collins, I said, who the hell is that? I never heard this damn name in my life. I looked it up. There is a Mandela Uh-oh. effect. A lot of people. So she is Miss Jardin in the book mm-hmm. and in whatever remakes that have come out afterwards. She is also known as Miss Jardin. But it, for some reason in the movie, they decided to call her Miss Collins. And then when you look her up in her Wikipedia page, it's Mr. Jardin, which is mm-hmm. very confusing because I only have a memory of Mr. Jardin. Mm-hmm. Like even when I was taking notes for the movie and before she came on, I wrote her down as Mr. Jardin and then when they started calling her Miss Collins I said what Mandela effect probably it's real I believe in it so let's get right into it so the movie starts with a group of girls high school girls playing volleyball and that kind of gets sets up the tone of the movie they're playing and Carrie is about to oh they're they're on there's two teams obviously that's how sports work what 
<clears throat> so there's like two teams and then wait you, really yeah and then you throw a ball around holy shit mind blowing mm-hmm. fuck okay yeah. sorry okay go so ahead. really yeah go ahead go ahead and you can hear like the girls like laughing and bickering and then on the other the other team goes pass it to carrie she she'll fuck it up or something like that again i don't think they said that but mm-hmm. so they do carrie fucking misses the ball and they all blow up on her they're like you dumb bitch eat shit come caca all of that stuff fucking one bitch ends up fucking hitting her with a hat it's so sad and re-watching this movie again like i've always like felt so much sympathy for the character for carrie like which is why i had that weird crush on her because i was like i could save her you're mr captain save a hoe (laughs) exactly but this time it really got to me like i was like wow like they they really fuck with her Mm mm-hmm so right after that scene is the iconic shower scene, which everyone remembers. I yeah. mean, that's probably for a lot of people or maybe a lot of kids where they saw their boobies for the first time. Yeah. It is full yeah. on nudity. It is full on breasts, full on 70s bush, mm-hmm. like straight up like them pussy is popping. And locker room was like that. I can confirm as a woman, they do not exist. No, no, <laughs> no. one got I, no. no one showered in high school. Maybe no. like after games. Eric, yeah, I never showered. No. We were told not to shower. Like it was. I don't not remember, a, but it was not a thing. Like no, no one showered. There were obviously there were showers, but yes. nobody showered. No. We were told not to use. And them. I wasn't even like I didn't even take my shirt off. I had a little undershirt. I said no one's going to see my man titties today. <laughs> so this was. Uh, I don't know if this was a thing. If people were straight up showering, and I mean, you see, like everyone is like completely naked even carrie which i find a little this is my one kind of like qualm with stephen king is that she is raised by her crazy religious mom to be ashamed of the women of your woman's body right her mom claims that her breasts are called dirty pillows Mm -hmm. and that you only get them if you sin and all of this stuff but yet carrie is showering publicly maybe it's like it was mandatory at school right which is probably what it was yeah but i just find it kind of hard to believe that like her mom would i mean that she wouldn't instill like a do not shower at school it's sinful right so stephen king if you're listening please reply to us on twitter and let us know what your answer is for that did you fucking imagine oh my god if he adds us i get canceled well it's funny when i read the book he there's a scene that i think maybe this is me getting mistaken but i remember i think the mom references that he left before Carrie was born mm-hmm. or something like that. But then there's also a scene where he, she walks in on the dad and Carrie is in the crib, like moving like something above as a baby, like moving something with her powers. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, well, what was it? Did he leave or, right. you know, and I'm pretty sure this was the thing. I remember like being like, Oh, you know, mm-hmm. and I think I remember reading that, like he, someone asked him like at a Q and a and him just being like, Oh yeah, I fucked up. Uh-huh. Which is, you know, no surprise here. So Carrie ends up showering. She finds out that she is a woman that day. And she she had her period. Poor, poor. That is so fucked up. That and just getting your period alone. Oh, God, it's so be grateful you two do not experience oh i am so grateful i grew up with three older sisters i'm not mm -mm. it's unpleasant from start to finish i can't yeah 
and just to uh, to and get to started at school, started at school publicly, no. yeah, and also to not no. know what it is, right? Oh yeah, oh god. Which also like was there no like sex ed back in the day? I thought that her mom kept that information from her, right? But like, oh oh no, sorry, I hear what you're saying. I yeah, she, she I, I mean guess. she did, but also like I mean high school because we learned about periods what in middle school. Me was fifth grade. Yeah. yeah. Oh. oh, you know what? Maybe it was mm-hmm. fifth grade. I think it was fifth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Plymouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shout the little, out. The little video. Yeah. I don't know. Because when I got it, I mean, I, I knew what was happening. Right. And I was home. Thank the Lord. That's good. But yeah, I don't I don't know. I remember a friend of mine. I'll keep them anonymous, obviously, because yeah. that's a fucked up thing to do. But they ended up getting their period at school. Oh. And I remember it and it was like a whole thing, but it was in elementary school. So everyone was like, this, oh no, maybe it was middle school. And they were like, this is a really young age to get your period. It was like sixth grade. That was when I started too. Oh, really? First day, sixth grade. There you go. Mm -hmm. And it was like a whole thing, but yeah. And I think it ended up not being her period. Oh, poor girl. How (laughs) scary though. Yeah. But it was like, I remember that being a thing. So yeah, I don't know why. I don't know if maybe just the school system didn't have sex ed back Mm -hmm. in the day. So she ends up freaking out. Oh, also fun note about that scene. Her husband, who was the assistant production designer for the movie, was the one that was um, pouring the blood when she got it. So, like, she would feel a little more comfortable and stuff like that. Oh, okay. So the big thing is Carrie freaks out because she obviously doesn't know what a period is. And she ends up going to the girls, crying and screaming. And they end up making a whole scene out of it. Like they fucking are so cruel to this girl. She's crying, freaking out. She thinks that she's dying. She keeps saying, what's wrong with me? Help me. And the girls end up throwing like tampons at her and pads, telling her to plug it up. And all of the girls are involved. There's not one person that steps in. And I was trying to put myself... Like, in that position, if mm-hmm. I could ever be that cruel, like, even if it was someone that I hated, I just don't know if I could even even stand as, like, a bystander. Mm-hmm. I mean, ev- I mean, I'm trying to think of, like, someone that I hated in school and that happening to them. Like, I don't think I could just let that happen. Yeah, because even in school, if, like, a girl you didn't like asked you for a pad or tampon, you gave it to her. Because in that it's moment... Girl code. Yes, because regardless, that is such a shitty situation to not have anything on you and to be at school. I don't care who you were, my worst enemy, I gave you a pad or a tampon, whatever you preferred. Like, no. Yeah, it's just so fucked up. I I don't know. And, like, in the movie, Carrie is, like, going around and she's, like, grabbing people with, like, her bloody period hand. And, like, so I could maybe them see being, like, what the fuck? Ill, gross. Right. But also, like having a heart you know having some compassion but again this is fiction and but you know some people actually do go through this Mm -hmm. i mean people are relentlessly bullied and i was very fortunate i wasn't really bullied in school and i don't think you were either no i wasn't so thank god for that but you know shout out also i do want to get in before we go further with this episode Um, there's a lot of triggering things um that happen in this movie if you have you know abusive parents manipulation kind of a mention of rape so if any of those things are triggering maybe you know just be cautious about it we are going to cover those subjects also if you haven't seen carrie i will be spoiling the entire movie i don't know why you wouldn't have seen it it's a classic but you know who hasn't seen it eddie who is surprised at this point who eric is has i think eric has seen you haven't seen any of the movies we've talked about just the witch it oh we breaks did. our hearts 
It makes sense. He's a young baby. I know, but like, come on. Come on. <laughs> we'll have to do like a massive like watch of all these movies. So yeah, so get on it. I mean, Carrie's been adapted so many times. So I'm sure that you at least know the story or know what we're talking about. I'll watch it later after. I'm down. That's, down? That would be my third time okay. <laughs> this day. So Miss Collins comes in to intervene and she's like, what the hell are you guys doing? All of this stuff. She runs to Carrie and Carrie is like in hysterics and is like, oh, my God, help me, help me. And she slaps the shit out of Carrie to like stop her. Mm -hmm. And then Carrie like ends up the light above them ends up like exploding. Mm -hmm. So we know that there's something up. Something juicy. So she's sent home. And then we meet, we're introduced to her mother, Margaret, for the first time. And mom of the year. Mom of the year. And truly, I mean, this performance is is so good. Mm-hmm. It is her, the way she talks, the way she delivers these lines are so scary and so believable. And it's scary because, like, you know that there are people who truly live like that. I mean, no, no shade on religion. You know, I grew right. up in a Catholic household. But there are some people who like make it their whole entire lives mm-hmm. and it's and they don't see that what they're doing is cray cray. Right. Like our witch episode. Yeah. Cr- oh, mm-hmm. yeah. The, yeah. Like that. Yep. It's terrifying. Mm-hmm. So she we were introduced to her. She's like going door to door trying to spread the gospel. And she goes to Sue Snell's house and we're introduced to her mom, who's actually that actress was the real life mom of the of Sue. So they played mom and daughter in the movie. Oh, that's sweet. She's trying to drop off a book about, you know, sinning teenagers or sinning children. And Sue's mom is like, no, like my daughter's a good girl. But here is $10, you know, like to kind of get her out of the house. Mm -hmm. And Margaret's like kind of annoyed. And she's like, I pray that you find Jesus. Amen, sister. Amen, sister. So we see her go home and their house is every corner, every wall is covered in some sort of religious memorabilia even like the arches like the 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 design that they did was made they wanted the house to look like a a church like to look like cathedrals and it's very scary very like gothic home it's very unsettling not the cool kind no well i mean it is the cool kind it looks really cool like those like the the structure is cool but Mm -hmm. i mean maybe not the decoration (laughs) and Margaret ends up getting a call from the school and assuming that like, hey, we sent Carrie home. Girl got her period. And she loses it. She calls Carrie down and is like, you sinned. And Carrie's like, why didn't you tell me, mom? Like, why didn't you tell me that this is what happens? Like, girls get their periods. And she was just like, you sinned. This is what happens when you sin. The, the Eve was cursed with the curse of blood. All this crazy stuff. And Carrie's like, no, mom, that's not true. Everyone has it. And it's the first time like in the, well, you know, we kind of say like this dynamic where Carrie isn't as like Christian or whatever, has the same beliefs as her mom because she's fighting her on it. Mm -hmm. And her mom like ends up slapping her with the book. She's uh, verbally and physically abused by her mother at home. And she ends up locking her up in her closet. She has this little closet that she built for Carrie to pray. And it's so, uh, first of all, it's claustrophobic. It's like a little tiny closet. There's no room in it. And they is inside of it. It is the most terrifying religious memorabilia there is a do you remember like that yeah. little statue yes, yes who do you think it was jesus it's not i looked it up it yeah and the documentary that i listened to i always rem- remember that statue being jesus right. it's yeah. not it's saint sebastian who is he 
I didn't go that far until oh, recently. Damn it. Okay, that's fine. No worries. But yeah. I'll Google it later. It's yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I did not have the time. I was like, I'm, but it's yeah. okay. I didn't know. I thought it was. Me too. I always refer to it as Scary Jesus. Scary Jesus. Scary St. Sebastian. So hours pass and finally Margaret dismisses Carrie to go to bed. Carrie goes upstairs. She's looking at herself in the mirror. She's crying and she's angry again. And as you, there's a correlation of her being really angry over the top mad, things happen. Right. The, com- the mirror that she's looking at completely shatters. And Margaret's like, what the hell is that? She goes upstairs yelling. The door is locked and she's like, Carrie, let me in. And Carrie's like, it's open, mama. So she, <laughs> that was my Carrie impression. That was really fucking it's good. It's open, mama. I said, she's here. She's here. Sissy Spacek is shook. So she opens the door to find Carrie praying and nothing suspicious is going on. We see that the mirror, Carrie has like somehow put it back, but it's all cracked and in pieces. Mm -hmm. The next day, Carrie is in class and we see that even the teachers pick on her. The teacher is reading Tommy's poem in class and Carrie refers to it as beautiful. And the teacher's just a dick about it. He's like, it's beautiful. Beautiful, as spacious skies. Is that the kind of beautiful that you're talking about, Carrie? And we see, we're introduced to Tommy, who is a very important role. He's Sue's boyfriend, but he also ends up being the boy that, he, that Carrie goes to prom with. Right. And under his breath, he goes, you suck, referring to the teacher. Which kind of show, you know, yeah. little things like that. Like, yeah. okay, Tommy's not like a bad guy, you know. And then... More context. I mean, I, I I can go by step by step, but we can skip ahead of some scenes because there's a lot of filler. Uh, the teacher ends up gr- having the girls do a detention. And if they refuse to follow through with this detention, they get a ref- uh, three week suspension and refuse all their prom tickets. And Chris, the mean girl, is not having it. And she's she basically calls her teacher out and is like, no, I'm not doing this. The teacher ends up slapping her. And she's like, you can't do this. You, you won't get away with this. All of that bullshit. And I mean, these te- were these were teachers allowed to slap people in 1976? Because you think? Eric said, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I know like obviously like nuns used right, to do yeah, that you shit. Could, you know, discipline. But in public school, I don't. Yeah. I mean, because she, this is the second student she slapped in the first 30 minutes of the movie. No. Could you fucking imagine? I would fucking throw hands. Ooh, child. No. Be like, do not. So Chris is obviously upset. So then we see Sue, who seems to be like the only girl who has any remorse for what for what she did. And she's feeling really guilty about it. She's complying with the punishment, which I think is a pretty I, their punishment is just one hour detention, one hour detention for a week. Mm-hmm. It's like a P.E. punishment. Yeah. I, which yeah. I get because that sucks. Oh, my God. To have. P.E. again? No. No, thank you. P.E. once is more than enough. I cried. I think there was not a time where I did not cry in P.E. When you had to run that mile. Oh, my fucking God. And being a fat kid. Dude. And being one of the last people. I'm sorry. And then. They would do this thing, like the skinny kids who thought they were doing me a favor when like they were done and they would be like, come on, Eddie, you could do it. Clap. I would cry. <laughs> so, I, oh, I can't, I'm getting like hives thinking about it. And like, they didn't think that what they were like, they weren't doing right. it in a menacing way. They were right. just like, but I'm like, just shut up. Fucking leave me alone. And look away. Let me do my 15 minute mile. <laughs> 
It's okay. Mine was like nine minutes. That's that's not good. Mm, that's a pretty good mile. Sometimes mine were. I think once it was eleven, and I ended up having a panic attack afterwards and passing. Out. Oh my god. Yeah, it was horrible. It, I, I had some fat friends in PE, so mm-hmm. it was cool because we would like the fatties would t- stick together. Yeah. But oh my god, anytime we had to do anything remotely, like by ourselves, or the pull up test. Oh, oh dude, fuck yeah! That. Or even there was this test where you had to like a little box, and then you had to like mm-hmm. put your arms forward. I would never, yes, couldn't do that correct. Or the body fat test. Oh, I was like, girl, look at me. We all know what this results are going to be. Like, why are you doing this? In middle school, mine was kind of high, and I wasn't a fat kid, but they were just like, oh, her face. I was like, that's really mean. Yeah, I think they were a little more sensitive because they just kind of like, yep. And and I and I would always be like, before you take this, if you say it out loud, I'm suing. And I would always say that. I'd be like, if you say my result out loud, I'm gonna sue. And they would like laugh about it. You're like, no, but really, but like dead ass. Like I'll fucking come for you. So anyway, PE sucks. So I get it. Those girls are hor- They're like, oh my god, no, it's the worst thing that happened. And I was, and I'm sure people probably watching are probably like, that's a little dramatic. But I, girl, I get it. So Sue ends up coming up with an idea because she feels bad for the actions that she did. She asks her boyfriend if he would be willing to take Carrie to prom. And he's kind of like, what the fuck are you on? Are you on drugs? And he says no at first. Like, he's really hesitant. He's like, I I don't know. And she's like, we owe this to her. Like, you know. What a sweetie pie. Yeah. Like, and, and, oh, a rule in the school is that you couldn't go to prom without a date. Because she says that, she's like, so you're going to, when Mr. Jardin like yeah. ends up confronting them about it, mm-hmm. she goes, so you're just going to skip out on prom because you know that you can't go to prom without a date. And I'm like, that's a fucked up rule. What a bizarre rule. Did you go to your prom? I did, yeah. Did you have a date? No, but. You wouldn't have been able to go. That's fine. At Bates High School. I I don't want to get into that, but I didn't have a date and I was asked out, but I, I declined both. Oh, well, that sounds popular. No, it's not even. I just, it was, I hate it. No, okay. Let's move All on. Right. <laughs> okay. Nothing bad happened. I just, I don't want to sound like a bitch. Like, yeah, yeah. I oh, turned down. Yeah, yeah, for it sure. It was just reasons. I get it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah, 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 I was yeah. lucky. I was in a relationship throughout most of my high school career so i went to my junior and senior prom i was already i didn't have to worry mm-hmm. i still did like little promposals because that's what you did yeah of course but yeah i thank god i just i didn't want to go with him i didn't want to say yes to be nice yeah no so, and as sorry. you should yeah. sorry girls high school girls if any of you are listening if you don't want to go on a date with the boy you don't have to don't let the people pressure you into thinking that you're being a bitch you're not a bitch yeah you're not be- because you don't like someone correct i i didn't do it and i'm i'm okay yeah i mean jen is a bitch but that's not but for oh other reasons <laughs> thanks eddie i try to get away from that stigma from myself but no you, jen's not you. a bitch if anything we're i mean i'm a bitch no we're all bitches when we have to be yeah mm-hmm, i agree but what am i gonna do just- no jen's truly a truly one of the nicest people she just has rbf oh 100 and people just fucking run with it yes but she's really truly one of the nicest people thank you sometimes okay <laughs> jesus christ so Tommy ends up finally asking Carrie to prom. Mm-hmm. She declines him and she's like, you're playing a joke on me, bro. And 
you know, she's not a, she's not dumb. Carrie knows it's aware of everything that's going on. She knows that she's not like she knows that a big reason for it is because of her mom and how religious she is. So Miss uh, Collins, I hate calling her that. I know it's weird. Ends up confronting her and being like, why are you so down? And she's like, because I was asked to prom. And she's like, well, that's a good thing. She's like, yeah, but it was by Tommy. And then Miss Collins is like, okay, something's up. Yeah. But she ends up kind of convincing her to say, she's like, say yes to him, you know? You're a pretty girl. There's like this really sweet scene. It's a really tender scene. Uh, this movie kept making me cry for, which I, I mean, all movies make me cry. But this one in particular, I just really felt for Carrie. Yeah. And it's a really cute scene where she's like, you know, if you put on mascara, you know, kind of. She has a really good line where she's like, you need to get over this attitude that you have on yourself. You know, the way you mope around and stuff like that. So she ends up convincing her to say yes. So Tom, so then she has a talk with Sue and Tommy and Mm -hmm. it's kind of like, okay, what's really going on? Why are you guys doing this? Like, I'm not stupid. Carrie's not stupid. Obviously, you guys are doing this for a reason. Right. And good for her for speaking up. For yeah, her, and Sue's like, no, like I just truly think that it would be a nice thing for Carrie. She still doesn't really buy it, but she kind of just is like, look, like if you guys end up doing trying to pull something, like you'll have me, you know, I'm gonna fucking do something about it. Yeah. So they're like, okay. So then Tommy decides to ask Carrie again. He goes to her house, and obviously that's a big no-no because her mom is crazy. So Carrie reluctantly says yes because she's like, if you if I say yes, will you leave? So. Kind of pressures her to go to prom with him, but mm-hmm. which is kind of like so sad because if she had just said no, maybe none of this would have happened. But that's not how life works, Henny. It sure is not. That's why my prom was so good because I didn't have a date. <laughs> Truly. Just kidding, honestly. I sat at a table pretty much the whole time with this dude who liked me a lot throughout high school. And we had a great time. Where was your prom at, your senior year? It was at the Peterson Car Museum in Hollywood. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. It was okay, but I mean, I was just... Work. But Mine was at the Jim Henson studio in Hollywood. Perfect for you. Oh, yeah, it was cute. And That's it was cute. Alice in Wonderland themed. Oh, precious. It was a shitty Tim Burton Alice in Wonderland, but... Mine was fucking James Bond, okay, so... That's kind of cool. For who? My junior prom was at the Skirball Museum. What's that? It's like a... Kind of like a Holocaust museum. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. It was very interesting. Oh, wow. Okay. What a way to lighten the mood. Seriously. On that one. So we end up seeing Chris has this idea. She finds out that Carrie's going to prom mm-hmm. and comes up with this idea that she's gonna fucking fuck around with Carrie. And did I introduce John Travolta yet? Yes. Okay. Well, he plays her boyfriend. Yeah. And they end up going to like this pig farm pig factory i guess they sneak into it and end up killing a bunch of little piggies so sad so john travolta's character ends up killing a bunch of pigs and we learn that they're gonna drop pig blood on carrie which is like such a fucked up like who has that idea i know like what a crazy bitch like what the fuck so dark and yeah and then all of her friends like all of the people that she like tells about it they're just like oh that's gonna be so funny like there's not one bitch who was like chris girl go to therapy you psychotic bitch and like how did this thought come about can we talk about that yeah like first of all you killed pigs right like nobody was a little concerned (laughs) right like like i don't know like no if you did that i'd be like eddie what the no I, i mean that's a you go to jail yes or something like i'm trying to think of like 
Yeah, if it's not done in a humane way, that's disgusting. Like for what? like I like I was trying to think of like the worst things to do to somebody. Mm-hmm. I was like maybe like fill like a bucket of pee, <laughs> which is still really fucked it's up. Disgusting. But it's not right. You're not murdering live animals, and it's not fucking blood. Mm-hmm. That would have been a whole different movie. Yuck. <laughs> so Carrie ends up asking her mom if she can go to prom. Obviously, her mom says no. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. You're dumb. <laughs> She doesn't say that, but she's like, no, you're a sinner. We're going to move away because this boy is going to end up following you, whatever. Mm-hmm. And Carrie ends up getting mad and she ends up closing all the windows and doors in the house. And her mom is like, oh, my God, you're a witch. Which good for her, girl. Uh-huh. And Carrie's like, I'm going, mom. And things are going to change around here. There's nothing you can do about it. Yay. And then we jump to prom day. All the kids are getting ready for prom. The boys are shopping for tuxedos. The girls are getting their hair and makeup done. Um, and it's this movie is genuinely really funny. Like Brian De Palma is so good at kind of doing this really creepy vibe, but also having really like sincere scenes that are mm-hmm. like like pulling at your heartstrings, and then also like laugh out loud scenes. But there was like. The scene where, like, the boys are shopping for tuxedos, like, the dialogue is just so funny and so exactly how high schoolers would talk. Mm-hmm. And he's just, good job. And and not to mention this movie, every shot of this movie is so beautiful. Like, the blowout scene between Carrie and her mom, he has it, it he has both of them at the ends of a table and then in the background is a big mural of the last supper. And it's kind of, like, in reference to, like, how Carrie's going to betray her mom. Uh-huh. And it's just... Little details like that, again, like are so beautiful and his camera work is done really well. He does a lot of like, um, I can never say this word correctly, so don't make fun of me. Okay. Juxtaposition. Juxtaposition. That's it. That's the one. Don't ask me to say it. (laughs) Like I know, I don't know why I can never say it, but he always has like a focus on somebody and then something else in the background or there's always like two Two points of yeah. focus. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. it's done really well. Like he'll and it's done so beautifully and like his backgrounds are really well. And anyway, if you're a big movie buff and you like, you know, how things are filmed, this is a great movie to watch. So anyway, yeah, all the kids are getting ready. Carrie, I also like that he he has a scene of Carrie at a drugstore trying on makeup yes and it's so cute that scene i think is my one of my favorites in this movie it's so it's, sad because obviously she wouldn't have makeup so she needs to right, go by and she's right. trying on makeup and it's all like testers mm-hmm. and i'm like girl coronavirus well yeah <laughs> but i guess it doesn't really matter right it was just it was so yeah, cute it's so, innocent yeah it's really sweet yeah. and she's trying on all these lipsticks and then she is also uh you see her throughout the movie making her own dress yeah and so she's getting ready and her mom comes in and the iconic line is red. I knew that it would be red. And she's wearing a pink dress, mm-hmm. which is actually so originally they had a red dress. The costume designers didn't like the way or the whoever, you know, the producers, I don't know, the production people. Yeah. Didn't like the way the dress looked on camera and they thought she looked better in pink. So they changed the dress to pink, but no one thought to change the lines. Oh, so when shit. that day came, they were like, oh, it's not a red dress. So Brian De Palma, the director, was like, oh, just don't uh, just don't say I will change it to pink. And then uh, Piper Laurie, the woman who plays Margaret, was like, no. She goes, I think that's really funny that she should keep it as red because in her eyes it's red. Like this just shows you how crazy Uh and how delusional this woman is, which is one I think she's not wrong. When I watched that scene, I remember just think like watching and being like, damn, this woman is crazy. If she thinks that dress is red and 
who knew that it was a wow. line that she decided to keep in. Yeah. And that dress is iconic. It's so pretty. The I don't iconic know. Iconic I, I pink it's, dress. Yeah. It's so cute. Yeah. And that tone of pink is very in right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so, cute. So yeah. she was a trendsetter. Mm-hmm. So she, Margaret makes one last attempt to convince Carrie to stay home. Like we can burn that. We'll burn that dress. We'll pray for your forgiveness. Mm-hmm. We'll tell. The, I'll tell Tommy that you're sick. And Carrie's like, no. Like I'm going to that dance. <laughs> Could not think of the word. And she uses her powers again to forcefully push Margaret down on the bed. Oh my god. And she's like, I'm leaving, Mama. I'm going. And we all know mm-hmm. where her mind is afterwards. So Carrie gets picked up by Tommy. They go to the dance. He's a gentleman. He's really sweet. She ends up having a really great time. All the kids are really nice to her. And I wish the movie ended there because it's, again, the way Sissy Spacek plays this role is so heartbreaking. Like her Carrie is just so cute. She's just a girl who wants to be seen as normal or like, not even, right. and, and, and at this scene, like all her insecurities come out. She's like, I don't know how to dance. I don't do this. And Tommy's really sweet with her. And he's just like, you know, it's fine. Like you're going to be fine. And mm-hmm. everyone's really nice to her. And then Tommy ends up, there's just like a scene where they slow dance and it's so beautiful. And the music is just so nice. And Tommy ends up kissing her. And I can't, I don't know if Tommy ends up actually developing feelings for her. If he's just putting on a real show mm-hmm. because he, she asks him at one point, like, why did you ask me to the dance? And he goes, it's because you liked my poem. And you know, Aww. And he's saying really nice things to her. And I think like he ends up like actually having feelings for her. I do too. Which brings me to my next point. Like, would he, if nothing happened and this night went really well, would he like, how's he going to deal with that? With like Sue and stuff. Having feelings for a new girl. Right. But also like, I don't know if he would break up with Sue, which is this maybe even another cruel thing to do to Carrie. She finally has like this night, but also Carrie kind of know i mean she's a little bit of a home wrecker she knows yeah. that he's booed up <laughs> and she's like i'm gonna let you kiss me on this dance floor daddy i was a little shookity shook i said oh she nasty <laughs> i was shook i don't i don't remember them kissing and i was like oh she done slid into his dms they kiss mm-hmm. what the they shared fuck? a kiss eric i didn't know that can you imagine all of his friends being like the fuck they're <laughs> Tom- like bro Tommy. do we tell her <laughs> like fuck so I don't know. I mean, it would have ended in another disaster. Sue would have thrown hands and been like, I try to be nice to you, bitch. And you coming around here trying to take my man's carry part two. There is a carry part well, two. Well, I mean, like these two, they throw down mm-hmm. earrings, Mm-mm. come off, hair goes up, purses mm-hmm. in the tree. Oh. They're going to fight. Damn. Good night. <laughs> Eric fucking hates my jokes. <laughs> I think they're funny. Thank you. So they find out that they're nominated for prom king and queen. We know that the other kids have a plan to rig the ballots so that ensuring that they Mm -hmm. win so that they can play this prank on Carrie. But Tommy is he doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. And most of the people there don't know what's going on. So they end up winning. And it is such a sad scene. Carrie walks up. And she's like, has tears of joy in her eyes. And it's so, it's just the only time you ever see her truly happy in this movie. Yeah. Finally, she's like, this is what I've always wanted to just be the girl that people like, you know? And mm-hmm. when I tell you that I was sobbing, like I really yeah. was, I was like, what is wrong with me? You've seen this movie a thousand it's times. It's a little sad. I should have gave you the carry crown to wear for this episode. Ugh. I apologize. I'm 
Can we redo the episode? Yeah. Sorry, Eddie. I forgot I had it. And the dress. I should have gave you the Carrie <laughs> dress and the crown that I have. I'm yeah. sorry. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll record the next episode like that. <laughs> so they, they win. It's this really drawn out scene. I mean, this scene is, I think, a total of like almost six minutes long of her accepting, you know, crying. They get crowned. And it's all in slow motion, uh, it's right? It's all in slow motion. It's all this beautiful music. And then it would cut to like uh, Chris and Billy. And then it had like this malicious sounding music. And then you see Sue come in and she's like, she's looking at them and she's really happy because mm-hmm. she's like, okay, my, my idea worked. Like Carrie's having a really good night. And then she notices the, the rope and she's like, she follows it up. And then the camera pans up to the iconic bucket of blood. Mm-hmm. And then like this piece of confetti falls and again, Brian De Palma's a genius. And she notices that when it falls, it lands on Carrie. And she's like, oh my God, that thing, whatever is in there is going to drop on Carrie. So, oh, and then Carrie and Tommy kiss again on stage. And Sue ends up running to like, to go stop them. She she notices yeah. that it's Chris and Billy. So she doesn't see the kiss? No, she sees the oh, kiss. Oh, then she runs. But she doesn't really care. Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The teacher sees that Sue sees the kiss and automatically thinks that it's her being like she's upset or offended and so she goes to like kick her out of the the gym out of the prom but really she was just trying to stop like what was going on because she knew that they were gonna do something carrying like in Mm -hmm. the scene it's all in slow motion there's and there's no dialogue it's just like music playing and she's like trying to tell miss collins like no like they're gonna do something and miss collins like get out and she kicks her out of the gym and then it happens chris pulls that rope the blood falls on carrie and oh man, is it? It's so sad. Like Sissy's reaction to it, it gets me every time. I'm like, can, can you? Can you imagine? No, like one of the happiest moments of your life, probably one of the biggest memories you'll ever have, completely ruined by these shitty people. Like, how do you even? How do you even deal with that? Like the, right. the psychology after you know, like. I mean, it's one thing to have like an embarrassing like prank done on you, but then when yeah. you find out that it's like there's actual blood on you, like pig's blood, like thought and planning. It, w- it wasn't a qu- oh, let's scare Eddie. Like, yeah, let's you scare know, her on yeah, stage, or let's you know a planned out thing. It's fucked up. Yeah, and obviously people are shocked. One of the Chris's friends that she told ends up laughing, and that causes like a chain reaction of laughter, but. It's, I, I don't think that everyone's laughing at her. Carrie mm-hmm. sees it that way because that's how she sees it in her head. But because even like there's shots of like Miss Collins laughing at her. But obviously that's not. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's the case. No. And the bucket ends up falling on Tommy's head and knocking him out. And I think he dies from it. Oh. Yeah. I mean, either that or I mean, the gym catches on fire later on. Spoiler alert. Right. But I, I think initially that's what uh, kills him. And it's never really mm-hmm. Carrie who ends up killing him. It's the it's bucket of blood mm-hmm. so carrie loses it and that's when her full powers come in and it's funny like in 1976 like what they you know what they could do as of like technology you know mm-hmm. or like special effects because mm-hmm. the real big thing is that like the lights blow out and she <laughs> her main weapon in this movie is this hose <laughs> Uh, which I guess I don't really think of, like you think about when you watch Carrie, you just right. think of people flying and stuff like that. But really, it's the hose doing this work, and this <laughs> fire 
hose comes out and ends up spraying all these bitches and that's mm-hmm. basically what what kills everyone. Um, there was a lot of damage that actually went on, in, on on the set because of this hose. The girl who ends up playing Sue's best friend. I don't remember her name. I, I wrote it down somewhere, but Norma, I think is her name. Her eardrum got punctured. I knew that. Yeah. yeah. From yep. the hose. Uh-huh. And it sucks because they the whole scene, they used a stunt double. And then they just wanted to have a shot of her lying on the ground with the hose. And that's what fucking punctured her ear. Mm. Which is so annoying because Brian De Palma is as wonderful as a director as he is. Men directors, like especially in the 70s and the 80s, were kind of assholes and they abused their, especially their women. Like there was a lot of things that he told the actresses to like endure. He had um, the woman who played Miss Collins like say some really verbal things to the girl who played Sue to get her like to cry. He had the girl who plays Chris get slapped 30 times and not like fake slaps like why the fuck do you need 30 reactions like i don't know but you know i mean you know and it makes you think of like stanley kubrick who was just a terror on set to um shelly duvall like he was he yeah so it's just kind of i mean it sucks watching these movies because they are so good but it's also like you think of the back yeah Yeah. what costs and just whatever so that happens carrie ends up killing a bunch of people there's a fire starts oh she ends up killing miss collins she has like the basketball board hoop come Mm -hmm. in and squish her body and it's funny because in one of the interviews she goes the note that i got was squirm like a bug (laughs) and the way she says it she's like so i did i squirmed like a bug so yeah carrie does her thing she kills up kills all these damn people in the high school which is good like fuck all them bitches i mean maybe not the teacher right but everyone else they don't want to give her a tampon so Mm -mm. here we are high schoolers suck all of them yeah they're little shits so she ends up leaving and then oh so the only people that escaped the gym were sue because miss collins kicked her out before everything happened and then chris and billy they like were able to run away and we see chris and billy uh chris is driving the car and she's she sees carrie and she's gonna go run her over and she's like this close and carrie turns and does some more magic and the car flips over and crashes and explodes and they are dead Mm -hmm. she goes home she's all blood and her performance she's like the spooky like she's in a trance she finally goes home she doesn't see her mom anywhere she goes to take a bath we see her mom hiding behind the door it's a really scary like shot she gives herself a bath cleans the blood off of her goes outside and then the mom comes out and comforts her and carrie's crying she's like mommy you were right like they did this to me can you just hold me and her mom does this huge dialogue or this monologue of her basically telling the story of how she conceived carrie and we learned that it was a rape Mm-hmm. And she tells her, I should have given you to Jesus when you were born. Yikes. So we know what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. So Carrie is in her mom's arms. Margaret White brings out the knife and quite literally stabs Carrie in the back. And she ends up running after Carrie. And it's this whole scene. And Carrie ends up doing her magic one last time and ends up controlling all of the kitchen tools Mm -hmm. and they all end up stabbing Margaret. There's like a potato peeler at one point. There are a (laughs) bunch of knives and she dies. And Carrie ends up feeling so much guilt and remorse. And she's like, oh my God, what have I done? She goes and starts to really sassy and she's like calling her mommy and she like tries to take out everything. And then the house starts crumbling and 
because Carrie's magic was too strong or whatever. In the book, as explained a little better, you learn that it's like these like meteoroids that come down. Mm-hmm. Um, and we learned that because Carrie was able to do that at a young age. But they shot that scene. They built a whole house to shoot that scene and everything. And it just didn't look like meteors in the movie. It looked like rain. So they cut it out. So this, the ending shot kind of doesn't make sense why, yeah. why these stones are coming down. And then the external shot is just the house burning on fire. So you're kind of like, why is it? But, you know. Right. Nobody cared in the 70s. <laughs> right. And yeah, Carrie dies. And the last and final scene of this movie is Sue at home. She is lying on the couch or in as she has like a bed, like a, on a, and obviously she's not doing great. Her mom gets a call and is like, yeah, she's, you know, she's fine. We didn't let her go to any of the funerals because, you know, it would have been a lot on her, but every day she's getting a little better. Mm-hmm. And then she ends up having this dream where she goes out to where the house is and there's like a sign that says Carrie White burns in hell. And she goes and she places these flowers and then Carrie's hand reaches out from the ground and it's this whole scene. And I watched it again today with my parents and my sister. And when that scene happened, they all screamed, except for my dad. But my sister, my mom screamed and I was like, wow, that still works. Like, because it's so like when you watch it, it's not like, right, it's It's, really not scary. And obviously, you know what's going to happen, but it still works. And that's the final scene of Carrie. Wow. My dad said that he saw this movie in theaters. Oh and my so god! He he was like, I remember that ending scene. Oh man, he goes, we his eyes screamed like a little bitch, and he said <laughs> that the people literally ran out of the theater. And I'm just like, that's so funny how crazy times have changed. Oh like, yeah, that that was like a shocking, scary scene, like enough for you to run out of the theater. Because mm-hmm. now that'd be like, yeah, okay. everyone's like, what? Cute. Next, and that's scary. Wow. Good job. Thanks. Yeah, that movie's a classic. Classic. And if you haven't seen it, Eric, you should watch it. Yeah, it's not streaming anywhere for free. It's streaming on uh, Showtime if Mm -hmm. you have it. But I mean, it's a it's a it's a buyer, I think. Oh, for sure. Okay, Eddie, Eric. Today, Mm. I brought you a true crime to fit your part of the movie, um, which is something new for us. Thank you for <laughs> thank you for doing that. Just kidding. Okay, this is the story of Dina Schlosser. Mm. Have you heard of her? No. Me either. Eric, um, we know he not. Um, this is her story. It fits your story. It involves a religious element. Okay. It involves mothers not being sorry to their kids, so there's child abuse in here a little bit. Sorry, guys. Not love that. Yeah, I was gonna say whoa. <laughs> okay. Let's get into her story. So Dina was born in 1969, had a childhood filled with medical (laughs) issues that made her stand out among her peers. At the age of eight, Dina was diagnosed with hydrocephalus. Ed, explain to us what that is. Okay, so hydrocephalus is um, syphilis? No, I'll explain to you what it is. Done by a hydroflask. Correct. All right. So she has Is that, that. going to get me canceled? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> okay. So hydrocephalus is the buildup of fluid in the cavities um, in the brain. Okay. Yeah. I did know that. You did? <laughs> no. I was like, you could have said, yeah. I was like, okay, cool. He's a doctor. So the excessive fluid increases the size of the ventricles, which holds spinal fluid. Mm-hmm. Eric, do that. And it puts pressure on the brain. So pain clearly uncomfortable Mm -hmm. so she had this condition unfortunately does your head look bigger i don't think it looks bigger but i think it 
I don't know everything, obviously, but I'm assuming it's like a really, really, really bad headache. Ugh, I don't sucks. know. Yeah. Anyways, so due to this diagnosis at the age of 13, she had to um, have her head shave to get surgery. Right. She had to get um, something called a shunt put into her brain, which is it's a piece of tubing that is put into the brain to relieve some of this fluid. Okay. To relieve the pressure. So along with this surgery, she had to deal with her classmates also making fun of her for having a shaved head, oh. which is sad. Yeah, like fucking kids are cruel. Yeah. And also like Brittany did it. So that's true. Isn't it like like wasn't it like a thing, though, like after she did it, like a bunch of women started shaving their hands. Brittany. Yeah. Mm, after that. I don't know. I think it. I think, I think yeah, so. I think that became like a trend. Yeah, probably. I would have done it. Well, you're a guy. <laughs> Imagine if I shaved my head. I don't even know. What would you guys do? I would not. These big old ears? Hell no. <laughs> Dead. Okay. I'd be a little shook. I could not. I thought about shaving my head last week. Really? Mm-hmm. Eric, would you? I've done it before. Oh, wait. Yeah, oh, yeah. You've done it before. I, like, have really... Th- I'm My hair's thinning now, and it really is, like, a biggest insecurity. So, like, my... Mm-hmm. my th- I'm scared that if I shave it out, it's never going to grow back. Right. So, kind of keep what you have. Right. I get it. I get it. Anyways, so back to this woman. Later in life, she attended Mary's College in New York. It was a liberal arts college where she earned her bachelor's degree in psychology. Love that. Love that for her. While attending college, Dina also met her future husband, John, who did not graduate from college. Smart man. (laughs) Honestly. Guys. Should we get into it? I don't don't know. Me. Drop out of drop out of college unless unless you're trying to be a doctor, a a lawyer, a lawyer. Unless you want to be any of those things, Eddie and I. You don't need a degree. You don't need a degree. Anything else? The jobs that Eddie and I have, they're they're pretty good jobs. Yeah, and they're good paying jobs. I'm not complaining. Me either. My job pays me okay too, and my degree did. is it's useless my work experience got me this job also i mean i definitely i got a fucking degree in musical theater Mm -hmm. which (laughs) you guys we're not laughing we we get it you guys mine's a little more like okay but still but even like my friends who like got quote-unquote real degrees they're they're not doing shit with it like no college is a waste save your money buy a house yes take classes that like like correspond with the fields you want to take or you know or learn a trade right like my brother mm-hmm. yeah but, eric but truly it's i mean it really is i mean especially if you're like wanting to be like a a, a writer an author like anything like that it's so sad literally all of my friends who have college degrees are not using mm-hmm. their are, are not in a job where their degrees right are yeah, it's I true. went to college. <laughs> that was what not was, proper I, grammar. I went to college. I went to college. Yeah. Yeah. We both went to college. You both graduated. I did well. It didn't do shit for me. Did I have a good time? No. Was it expensive? <laughs> yes. Did I miss out on a lot of things? Yes. Do I regret it? Yes. Okay. Well, my college Anywho. experience was a little <laughs> different. I loved college. I, I think because I, w- I was working beyond full time sure. plus doing school that whole time of my life was just like no sleep it right. was just study go to class go to work take a nap do it again there was just it was i mean hell. mine was mine was too i literally did not i mean i was constantly i mean if you all you musical theater majors know that if you're in a show and doing like you, you you're not sleeping at all mm-hmm. but 
but I think the experience of college is fun, but I think you can get those experiences doing something else. I, I agree. Mean, you know, I agree. Every job that I've had since college is because of my management experience, yes. not because of my degree. The, at the end, they're like, oh, you went to college too. I'm like, fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think maybe yes. like... The, like an interview like they see that you graduated and maybe they're a little like oh, okay like, oh yeah she finishes what she starts kind of but thing. Yeah, that's but, kind of it yeah. i mean i do think that people after high school should have like one year mandatory to work in like a, a customer service job mm-hmm. because you learn a lot you learn and you, so much you and become a better a better person because some of you fucking bitches are such assholes and i can tell that you guys have never had to work a day in your fucking life mm-mm, or have never had to like fucking work in customer service mm-hmm. because anyway that's a whole other anywho let's go back yeah college if you want to do it do it you're gonna regret it you will <laughs> anyways so while attending college um uh, we said that already Oh, the two eventually made their way to Texas, where they settled down and started a family together. They had two daughters, which eventually turned to three, and they joined a church called the Water of Life. Love that. You're not going to love it in a second. Okay. Let's get into this church, shall we? Let's not get into this church. Okay, so the pastor of this church, his name is Doyle Davidson. He mm-hmm. is now 88 years old, just in case y'all were wondering. He's still alive? Yeah. He, uh, he was a former veterinarian who sold his business because God told him to so that he could obey and practice him. Jesus Christ. Literally. He claims that he still receives messages from God and he sees visions. Most recently, earlier this year, actually in um, January, he said that he had a vision of South American men. Which means they must be reading his new book, which was now translated into Spanish. Oh. Makes sense. Drop the link. (laughs) No. And recently, of course, he had a prayer for all of us during this COVID-19. Oh, so very recent. Very recent. Does he have a Twitter? He has a Twitter. He has a Facebook. His website has updates on his life. He is living in 2023. Damn. Okay, he said, I pray if any COVID-19, the coronavirus, his words, not mine, Mm -hmm. (laughs) comes into contact with any of God's people, it dies and leaves a person's body immediately. Doyle Davidson, 2020. Don't we all? Okay, so like I said, his website has a whole timeline of his life. Like, it's just, it's it's a spooky website. (laughs) Okay. Okay, so now this guy has some very interesting thoughts he likes to put onto his preach out to his followers Mm -hmm. i say followers like it's a cult and you will see why church is a cult first this church air quotes church has a very interesting backstory that sounds a little too close of many how many cults start sure so eddie you tell me church or cults okay cute little game we have here Okay. (laughs) Their website says, this is their like mission statement, I guess, whatever. Water of Life was chartered on November 24th in 1980 after God instructed Doyle Davidson to come to Plano, Texas. Was it Plano or Plano? Plano. Plano. Fuck me. Plano, Texas, and speak to the people of Plano, not affiliated with any denomination. Water of Life is a group of Christian believers, members of the body of Christ in the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex. So Eddie, cult or church? I'm gonna go with cult on that one. Yeah, it's labeled as a church, but <laughs> trick question. But people <laughs> okay, so here's a quote from Davison from his website, the church's website. But let's be real, it's like a homage. Sure, to him. sure. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath appointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. 
He is full of himself. Who he calling poor? <laughs> For real? Damn. Okay. So now, this guy, when he preaches, it sounds a little off. <laughs> he's a little intense. To me, he sounds like he's drunk. Oh. <laughs> and he likes to talk down to people. Uh-huh. And come off like he's Mr. Billy Badass over here. <laughs> and he's this like little old man who, like I said, sounds like he's drunk. Right. So, Eddie, I have a little clip for you of him preaching. Oh, I thought you would like to I'm hear. I'm scared. He says some pretty gross things in this clip. Okay. But I just want you to get a feel for this guy. Okay. Eric, can you please play it for Eddie? Oh, pause real quick. He's speaking to somebody who, it wasn't clear. It's either his current wife ex-wife or someone who works closely with him but most he has of the, an ex-wife yes most of the comments say this was his wife at the time okay. just keep keep that in mind okay you never knew me but i was really active no you didn't you've learned some things about me but you didn't know how athletic this body is being I know it has lots of speed to it because i've tried to out, a lot of out it has a lot of speed like to that it. Yes. We have tried to outrun, outjump, out squirm out of your way and have not been able to. Uh, why were you trying to squirm away from me? <laughs> what? Come on, tell the truth. <laughs> tell it. I don't know. What time are we talking about? <laughs> Look, don't you mess with me, woman. <laughs> why was you trying to squirm away from me? Oh, who knows? Oh, there was. Oh. Come on! I wasn't trying to rape you. Oh, shit. Mm -hmm. All right. Make it play. Because the witches and the witchers oh. think the witches and the witchers. I, oh, I see what you're well, saying. Well, I'm not. No. Never have been. All right? You were trying to run away from God. And I That's wouldn't good, let Eric. you run. Oh? Yeah. My God. So this is the guy. So this was a clip from the last episode we recorded. You and me. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> no. Jen was the. Yeah, I was the <laughs> I was the. I was trying to squirm from you. <laughs> Eric, why did you cut no. that out? <laughs> Fuck. Disgusting. Okay. Oh my god. So wait, this was at like a service. Yes. <laughs> in front of an audience. There are some conversations <laughs> that need to be left in the bedroom. Yeah, that. So I just want to get you to feel it for this. Wow, guy. what yeah. a psychopath. So he was known to speak this way to a lot of people, kids, <laughs> women, like you heard. Oh um, my god. Yeah, and I listened to a few clips of his sermons, whatever the hell you want to call them. That's how he speaks. It's just very like rough and like this. <laughs> Why'd you try to squirm? I'm like, damn. So that's Doyle Davidson, y'all. Anyways, okay, so Davidson believes, okay, this specific belief that he has plays a major role in our crime that takes place. Right, Keep, I know. I forgot that, like, yeah, he's not even, like, he's, he's not even the... He, uh, yeah, okay, he's highlighted for a reason. You'll see why. Sure, sure, Just sure. Remember, this family follows this guy yes. and, like, his church and everything. Okay, so... Davidson believes that all mental illnesses are results from demonic possession. As someone who has a mental illness, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> and 
Chan says that people should turn to prayer rather than medication to treat their mental illnesses. Oh, dang it. I was doing it wrong the whole time. The whole time, honey. So remember that for later, like okay. I said, because mental illness plays a huge part in the crime that Dina commits later. There's a crime in this, Eddie. There's, there's a crime. <laughs> the crime was that, <laughs> that scene, audio that audio clip. you made me listen. Okay. So as I mentioned earlier... Dina and John have two daughters, Mm -hmm. and they welcomed one more in 2004, and they named her Margaret. (gasps) Margaret White? I honestly didn't realize that until right this second. (laughs) Okay. They call her Maggie? I've only heard Margaret, sorry. Margaret, uh, middle name White. Marge. I'm just kidding. Marge, sure. So before Margaret was born, Dina, who had a history of postpartum psychosis, different than postpartum depression, I just wanted to make that Mm -hmm. clear, was investigated earlier that same year by CPS after being hospitalized for a psychotic episode and child neglect allegations. So here's a quote from a NBC News article regarding this situation in january the agency was called to the home after slosher was seen running down the street with one of her daughters chasing after her in a bicycle when daughters arrived the child told them her mother had left her six-day-old sister alone in their apartment her six-day-old day-old sister yeah (laughs) but texas cps closed a seven-month investigation on slosher to come to the conclusion that she did not pose a risk um, to her children okay they're gonna bite those words later let me tell you and that was, who was that again? Texas CPS. Gotcha. So Marissa Gon- Gonzalez from the agency said, there were never any indications of violence with this family. The children had always been healthy, happy, and cared for. As I mentioned earlier, she um, suffered from postpartum psychosis. Do you know what that is? Explain it. Not postpartum depression. That is often referred to as baby blues. That's like the mm-hmm. slang term. Yeah. Postpartum psychosis. This definition is from Medicine Net. Com. Love them. It is defined as a very serious mental illness that can affect a new mother. The episode of psychosis usually begins within one to three months of delivery. So pretty early, early on. on in the delivery. A woman with postpartum psychosis may lose touch with reality and have auditory hallucinations, hearing things that are not actually happening, like a person talking and delusions. Perceiving things differently from the way they are, visual hallucinations, seeing things that are not there, are less common. Other symptoms may include insomnia, agitation, anger, and irrational guilt about somehow having done something wrong. Women who have postpartum psychosis need prompt treatment and Almost always need medication. You hear that, Doyle Davidson? They need medication. Not priors. Nope. If they are at risk of hurting themselves or anybody else, they need to go to a hospital. So there's postpartum psychosis for you guys. So Dina was given medication for her postpartum, but she stopped taking it. Maybe because of Because Davidson? of Doyle. Right. Correct. That was my assumption. It wasn't officially written, but I think it's kind of safe to say that he may have played a little role in that. So the day after Margaret was born, the new baby, Dina attempted suicide. Oh. Yeah. She was hospitalized in a psychiatric ward and diagnosed with bipolar disorder and psychosis, which is the difficulty in determining what is real and what is not. Dina's psychosis progressed as time went on, and she soon started to worry those around her. So... Dina told her husband that Margaret, their newborn, was destined to marry Doyle Davidson. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. She said that God told her this. And after watching a news story about a boy who was mauled by a lion, she said that that was God's way of telling her that the apocalypse was coming. Okay. Okay. I see it. Mm -hmm. 
which shows the psychosis kicking in, like right. seeing things that are not there, hearing things and like interpreting things incorrectly. Yeah. 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 And yeah, this one's kind of hard to like make jokes about because she no, I get it. Yeah, has a 100% really bad mental mm-hmm. illness. For sure. So the following Monday after the CPS visit, the bike incident, things go from bad to worse real quick. Dina's husband, John, tells the family's daycare to call his wife to check on her and the kids after receiving an alarming call from her while he was at work. First of all, why didn't he call 911 himself? Why does a daycare have to call 911? That was my... And then I was trying to think, like, okay, maybe he's driving. But if he's driving and calling them, he can call 911. Yeah, that makes no sense. You know? Or, like, let's say... If I called you freaking out, wouldn't you call 911 for me? Like, yes. Hey, Eric, Jen called me freaking out. Can you call 911 for me? No, you'd call them yourself. Yeah. I don't know. I was very confused by that. And I tried to look for, but even the articles were kind of like, why didn't he just call himself? Very bizarre. So after the daycare staff member spoke to Dina, they called 911. They called her first, then 911. Because Dina did not sound okay on the phone. They could tell something was right. up, something like happened. She did not sound quite like herself. So 911 calls Dina to see if there's an emergency in the household. The 911 operator asks, is there an emergency? Dina replies, yes. 911 says, what exactly happened? In a calm voice, Dina says, I cut her arms off. <gasps> oh my God. 911, you cut her arms off? Dina, uh huh. Just like that? Mm hmm. With the gospel song, He Touched Me playing in the background, Dina admitted to 911 that she cut her 11 month old baby's arms off with a nine inch kitchen knife. Oh my God. Mm hmm. I know, that's a lot. Wait, no. Yeah. She also told this to John too when she called him the first time. Wait, 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 He, yeah, she told him on the phone when she called him. Yeah. And he still didn't call 911? Correct. What the fuck? Wait a damn minute. Wait a damn minute is correct. Okay, moving on. You guys good? Eric is flushed. Eric is... Wait, low key. You do look really red. That's crazy. It's a lot. Yeah. So, here's why she did it. She did this because she believed that God wanted her and her daughter to go to heaven. And the day before this incident, she told her husband she wanted to give Margaret to God. So when the police arrive to the scene, Dina is found calmly sitting down, covered in blood, holding the knife and singing Christian hymns. Oh, my God. That's so scary. Isn't that scary to think? Yeah. Like, yeah. Margaret died soon after the incident. So police took three Bibles a letter from CPS, linens, a piece of carpet, and a Winnie the Pooh rug and a computer for evidence from the crime scene. Dina was arrested and was heard saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for hours after her arrest. After this news broke, a neighbor named Dina Livingston, sorry, same first name, different girl. Mm -hmm. Dina Livingston was quoted as saying she did not give off like she was in a distant world and didn't care about the baby. And then her husband said to see her with the girls, you would think she was just a great mother. That's usually how it goes. Mm -hmm. And there was another article I read where a doctor was saying that um, symptoms of this, of psychosis to like... Everybody else, you don't see it. Right. Like they seem normal. To the general yeah. public. Yeah, nothing's wrong. They seem totally fine. And then something happens like this and you're like, oh shit, like something was wrong. So Dina was charged with capital murder 
A member from CPS asked that the judge remove parental rights from both parents because John failed to protect Margaret from Dina. Because after he told her, like, hey, dude, I want to give our baby to God, wouldn't you kind of be like, wait, something's up? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially if they're both very religious and they're going to like these people, you kind of know what that implies. Right. Because there's only one way to get to God. Like, it's not by knocking on his door. No, (laughs) ma'am. So caseworker Jennifer Lang said he did not appear to be alarmed by the comment or see it as a sign that Mrs. Schlosser Schlosser (laughs) would harm her child. Doyle Davidson was asked about Dina. Oh, great. Mm-hmm. And he said they've just they've just spoken to and been ministered to by various ministers here with me. So basically saying like she's just come to my church. I don't really know her, which yeah. I kind of kind of find hard to believe, because if she felt that her baby was born to marry this man. Don't you think they would have like had some kind of relationship or yeah. have spoken to her at some point? I yeah. Don't know. Also, like these like these very crazy churches yeah you know they take the time to make connections with the people that they're right sermoning to i don't know what the no, actual right. verbiage yeah. is i don't know either no you're right that's what i don't know i just to me it sounds there's way too much invested into this doyle davison for them not to yeah have sp- at least spoken to him once or form some kind of connection did you go to church growing up mm, not too much like i went to um catechism for a little bit mm-hmm. but i was never confirmed yeah did you? No. I was baptized, all of that. Same. But we, we weren't... We as a family go to church every... Uh, Easter. No. Oh, that was us. We go on... um Because we were born Mexican Catholic. And mm-hmm. if you are a Mexicano out there listening, mm-hmm. you know who La Virgen de Guadalupe is. Oh, we do. Um, But we go every year for her birthday. And uh-huh. we, we go and we, you know, pray and yeah. give our respects. But when I was little, we used to... I had a neighbor who I became friends with um, who... I somehow got, I was always, actually, it's kind of weird. There's a lot of multiple stories. When I was little, I would have like a lot of weird run-ins run-ins with like religion and at at like a young age. So it wasn't me being like impressionable or whatever. I mean, I I just would have these, like, I would say that I would have these visions or whatever. And then I became friends with a nun. Spicy. Yeah, a Catholic nun. I met her at a grocery store. I told her that our parent, my my parents don't take me to church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my mom oh. was like, shut the hell up. Yeah. Um, but I became friends with this nun and I would go and see her every week and we would have cookies and like juice. And it was just a, she never forced us yeah. to go to church. It was just like a. Kind of like a buddy. Yeah. And I would go with my mom, obviously. Yeah. And then. I was going to say, wait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As you have a cross on I'm, your shirt right now. Truly. Mm-hmm. It's very very religious um and then i had a neighbor named elsie who i became friends with and she was uh she was really like christian Mm -hmm. and she would invite us to go to church too and i would somehow dragged my parents and my my poor parents were probably like this boy like what is what is what is god trying to tell us right and i got invited to church and this church we ended up going for a while until the pastor made a comment Uh my mom has like for her whole life has had severe like back pain Mm -hmm. and so you would like have to stand up and like whatever and my mom obviously wasn't standing up for you know medical reasons she couldn't stand up and the pastor called her out and said you know he was just like you come to this church and you don't give your all to God and you sit there while everyone else is standing up. And Did she say what was up? My mom didn't say anything. My mom's not, it, you know my mom, she's not the type of person to kind of let that go lightly. Right. 
she, you know, she would throw hands in a church, but my dad spoke up and was like, you know what? We come to church every week. This is, you know, we we're Catholics, you know, but we come to this Christian church and for you to judge my wife like that. And he kind of told her what was up. And I remember people clapping for us. Good. But yeah, so that's kind of where my church story ended. Yikes. They're crazy. <laughs> like it's just that's no, and don't. that's the gospel truth. Okay. <laughs> okay, so um back to this. I'm so sorry. No, you're good. I enjoy that story. Thoroughly. Do you know where gospel truth is from? No. Hercules. I've never seen Hercules. What? Good night. <laughs> I have not okay. <laughs> I have I have just Wait, really? Yeah. I'm shookity shook. That's a great one. Do you hear that they want to cast Ariana Grande as live action Meg in Hercules? Is that what she's posting on her Instagram? She kept posting like singing parts of it. Well, she she didn't. They <laughs> she was watching with a friend and like posting, oh really yeah, and they were like posting scenes of it and with that well, she's bitch trying to Meg. get that job. Henny. I know who Meg is. She's cute. She is. Cute. She's cute. I remember she was um a toy at Burger King one time when I wanted it because I thought she was really cute. <laughs> okay. I didn't get her. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, okay, let's go back. Back. To this. Back to Doyle. Doyle Davidson. Okay. So, after this incident, Doyle Davidson still stands by his statement that all mental illness is caused by a demonic possession. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. So, after all of that, the CPS visits, everything, Dina was found not guilty by reasons of insanity and was confirmed to be suffering from postpartum psychosis. When researching this crime... There were so many articles, Eddie, of women who committed crimes like against their children because of postpartum psychosis and depression. Wow. It was really sad. And I was looking up crimes committed by moms, obviously, to fit the theme of our episode. Dude, 90%, I feel like, not technical, right. yeah, yeah. were because of this. And I was like, damn, that's crazy. That's crazy. And I have never even heard the term postpartum psychosis. Psychosis, depression, yes. Yeah. But yeah. It was wild. I I could not believe it. But every single one was like, oh, not not found guilty because of the insanity. It's crazy. It's really sad. Right. But yeah. So Dina was committed to the North Texas State Hospital, a high security mental health facility, and ordered to stay there until she was deemed to no longer be a threat to herself or others. And at this time, she was kind of a high profile case. She was on the news a lot. That's why I was surprised I never heard of her. But she was she was like a name that was thrown around a lot at this time. Wow. So she was well known. Her roommate in this hospital, you may know her, is another very infamous mom from Texas who also killed her children. Andrea Yates. Oh my you know god. Who that is? Yeah. Yes. If you guys don't know, in 2001, she drowned. She drowned her babies in the bathtub. Mm-hmm. I yep. You do. For sure you do. Wow. Yeah. She drowned all five of her children in the bathtub to protect them from Satan. She suffered from postpartum depression. Wow. So, yeah. So this Andrea Yates, that was one of the first true crimes I remember seeing on TV and remembering like, oh, shit, that's the woman who killed her kids in the bathtub. Yeah, I remember that, too. Yeah. So she's very, have you heard of her, Eric? Yeah. She's very popular. So they're roommates. And I'll say this. Originally, I was going to cover Andrea Yates in this episode. But I was like, oh, she's, it's been done. I'm going to try something else. I researched this woman and then this random fact. like fact, fact popped up. And I was like, what the hell? It was wow. random. Yeah. It was meant to be. It was meant to be. In a 2006 interview, Dina spoke on the friendship um, that she formed with Andrea Yates. She okay, said, who's giving her interviews? 
Hold on, I have them here Time? somewhere. No, it was Eddie. You're gonna get me in trouble. Okay. No, no, it's, no, no, no. It's okay. That okay, was just like I don't a, know. like who was I forgot Vanity Fair. Vanity, it was Vogue. It. She was a. Play, it was Seventeen magazine. She's, <laughs> they had an editorial. <laughs> Tiger beat. Tiger beat. Oh fuck me up. Okay, so Dina said we talk about our past. About our memories and our fun memories, the things <laughs> the, and the things that our kids did. Oh, this was told to the Dallas Morning News. Okay, read the room, girl. Like, yeah, we just had some fun mems, Starbies. We give the pedicures, um, makeovers. One time, okay, it's kind of you might have like heard. Like, I like chopped my baby's arms off. It's a little crazy. Wild. It's a little wild. Oh, fun. You, dr- you drown them in the bathtub? Original. <laughs> just quirky girls. Original. Just girly things. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. So, in 2008. She got another interview? No. Okay. Oh, wait. Yes. In 2008, <laughs> the year I graduated from high school, <laughs> after spending two years in the mental health facility, mm-hmm. Dina is released. Wow. And she said, I had delusions that were going on that I did not understand, but I believe them. I thought I was doing the right thing, she said. Which fits with the psychosis. Right. Yeah. Sad. And also fits what in Carrie, Margaret, I mean, there was no, there's no better reward than to give your life and finally meet God and Jesus. And Mm. I, I didn't talk about it, but in the movie, her death scene is very almost euphoric. Like she, I, I don't know if you remember it, but she's kind of kind of moaning and, and pleasure. Mm-hmm. And it's because she's finally, she's dying and she finally gets to meet God. She gets to meet her idol, this right. person, you know, and there was no higher reward than that. And again, people truly b- believe that. Right. No, you're right. Um, so she was released into outpatient care. The order required her to see a psychiatrist once a week take medication, be on physician-approved birth control, and not have any unsupervised contact with children. In 2010, she was recommitted after being found walking in the streets at 2 a.m. by herself. Oh, man. Yeah, shortly after being recommitted, psychiatrists said she was not a risk to society. She was released again, and she went and got herself a little job at a Walmart. Okay. Okay, soon after that, somebody recognized her from the headlines. They snapped a picture of her. She was their cashier and they knew who she was. So word spread fast. Right. She used her maiden name, I guess, in the application. So Walmart wouldn't recognize her name from the headlines. So they didn't know who she was. Um, Soon after word got out, Walmart fired her like that to get to avoid the media frenzy that would soon follow. Which is, I mean, it's It's sad. It's hard because obviously we're talking about a murderer. Right. Someone who did such a horrible yes, graphic thing. At the thing. end of the day, what she did was awful. Yeah. And the mental illness aspect, I I totally get it. But it doesn't quite. Right. And as someone who's never, I mean, we all struggle in our own way with whatever, you know. Yeah. I, I, I can't talk on it because right. you don't, you know, you don't know. We don't know what that we don't know what, feels yeah. like. Correct. Cause I, anybody in their right state of mind sure. would not go cut their baby's arms off. Of course off. not. <laughs> so in this case, you know, to us, it sounds so crazy. Like who the fuck would do that? But even like her last quote too, she didn't even know what the hell she right. was doing. So, so she's like talked and shown like remorse. For yes. It she, and- yeah. They said she, her and Andrea Yates, they said they both um, show signs of remorse now for what they did. And now they both realize like what we did was really bad and wrong. But um, Walmart was, they fired her and that's. Walmart doesn't do a background check. 
That's what I said. I was like, why? I would assume so, but who knows? But since then, she has laid low and there's been no new articles about her since. And that is the story of Dina Slauson. <laughs> That's her name. We'll go with that. Dina Slosher. Sorry, guys. She said Dina Slauson. Sorry. But yeah, that is her story. Wow. A wild rough ride. That's so sad. Mm-hmm. Got me fucked up. Yeah. Sorry, guys. That was a real bummer. I apologize. No, I mean, but it, it I mean, it totally fit, you know, the story well and. Yeah. You know. And again, it's something that we don't have an experience personally. So I know it's hard for us to kind of, right. you know, put ourselves in her shoes. But I mean, postpartum psychosis and depression, they're a very real thing. They're very real things. It and happens to a lot of moms, a lot of new moms. And I know someone personally who got the depression aspect of it and I saw them go through that and it was it was hard for me to see them that way because it it clearly it wasn't her that's not that was not the person that I knew um and she spoke about it and it was it was hard to hear her say some things about it but yeah it's it's real and it happens and right and I think that's I mean you know to kind of make a lesson out of this is mental illness is a real thing and Mm -hmm. so many people struggle with it and the stigma that we have on it is still something that's still so gross to me that the fact that, you know, it's all in your head, it's all in your head. Just, you just feel bad for yourself. Exactly. And, yeah. and, you know, it's a real thing. And so many people, they go untreated, they go and- untreated and, and, and things like this happen. And, you know, just be aware of that, you know, be aware. You never know who the next person is going through. and. If you are somebody who is going through it and is embarrassed, there are so many hotlines and so many things out there that that you can help look up for yourself. And I know that it's hard and I know that it's a scary thing and so many people don't want to face it face or, it exactly but, or know exactly what's going on in their brain, like what the issue is, like right. why do I feel this way? Exactly. Yeah. But just know that there is there is so many there's help there's, there's help out there there's resources so please like if you are somebody who or you know somebody who's going through that you know take this from us and 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 you know try and try and get some help and try to have some compassion for people and i know you know i don't like getting too serious on this podcast but yeah. I, I you know it's it's men- a serious topic it's a serious topic yeah um mental illness is a very uh, very big thing in my heart you know and and we know so many people and who are struggling with it and so just go out there, get help, guys. If and I love you all, and go get that help, girl. Mm-hmm. I second that. And also, happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. So let's do something a little more fun. So Jen, this is an exciting episode because it it's is. also the Mother's Day Yay episode for all the mommies out there. Love that. Love that. Chicken from Popeyes. <laughs> what? I had Popeyes this week. So, Jen, yes, we kind of, since this being the Mother's Day episode, and we talked a lot about some infamous mothers, yes, for sir. better or for worse. Yes, unfortunately, yes. I thought it would be a fun idea to actually get our own mommies involved. Yay! Our madres. Let's do it. As Margaret White, usually thought of Carrie as, you know, a sinful child. I thought it would be fun to kind of ask our parent or our mothers, what's the most sinful or like most like horrible thing that we did as a kid? That's golden. I'm right? down. I'm super down. So I guess let's get into let's it. Let's do it. Yeah. 
So we're going to call our moms, right? Let's call our moms. Okay, you first. All right, let's. Or should mine go first since she goes to bed earlier? Yeah, let's call your okay, mom first. On. My mom goes to bed at like three in the morning. Is that good? <laughs> I'm so excited. I love your mother. She's pretty great. She's going to be like, why is she calling She's me? She's not even going to. Please, for the love of God, answer. This would be the second week when you didn't. Comp- Hi, mom. <laughs> okay, so uh, right now we're recording an episode for um, the podcast called Nightmares on Chill. I don't know if you've heard of it or not. Um, anyways, you're uh, being recorded right now on the podcast, so say hello to all your fans. Hi, mom. Hello, everybody. <laughs> okay, so. Okay, so I have one question for you, okay? And answer it as truthful and be brutal. I don't care, okay? <laughs> okay. like, so what is the most what'd you say the like like the like the the worst thing jen did as a kid like oh, the yeah. most sinful thing what's the most like the worst thing i did as a kid that was like bad you were just like oh return this child oh my god nothing oh my god i call bullshit <laughs> <laughs> no my daughter was perfect was perfect <laughs> Okay, well, what about recently? <laughs> oh, spill that truth, T, sis. Oh, thank you, mom. That's very sweet of you. Is there like one story where, like, maybe like Jen kind of like got in trouble by a teacher, or like maybe like I don't know, like something like something that was maybe not bad that like her fault, but you were just like, oh my god. Nothing. I'm perfect. God damn it. Oh my god. Nothing. All the teachers always told me nice things about her. <laughs> so you're, what you're saying is I'm flawless. Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, but mom, when I was a kid, I didn't like to play with uh, the toilet. Oh, oh, yes. <laughs> I need to hear more of this. What? So tell them what I used to do. Uh, I have pictures to if you want to Oh my god, we'll put those on the Instagram for sure. We're gonna post those for sure. Oh, do you have them? No, but you have to send it to me. Oh, okay. Well, she used to go to the bathroom, (laughs) take all the toilet paper and put it all over the place. (laughs) Then she goes to my drawers and put lipstick. She not even knew where the lipstick is going. Oh, wow. She put it in her lipstick, end up in her eyebrows, all her face. So like how she does makeup and, now. <laughs> and then to finish her makeup, I think, she got the powder and put it in her head. <laughs> it's a look. She was yeah. just ahead of the, the makeup game. Beauty. I was baking before it was a mm-hmm, thing. Truly. Uh, yes. She invented that. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, that was some Oh. And what about lotion? Oh, she used to love to eat the lotion that's supposed to go in her skin, not in her mouth. Okay. She used to drink it like nothing. I had to keep it away from her. She was a thirsty girl. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, thank yeah, you, Mom. But, well, but other than that, she, she, she's perfect. Oh, I agree. Thank you. Ever. I couldn't agree more. You, Thank you, you mom. did a good job. Okay. <laughs> okay, mom. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank Bye. you so much. Thank you. Bye, Nihal.
All right, bye. bye. See you later. Love you, Love you too. Bye. That was precious. Okay, your turn. Oh, man. See, mine's going to be the complete opposite of that. Yeah, I the was worst thing I did was I used to take bottles of lotion, Eddie, and I would eat it like it was I just have so dip. many questions. Like, why? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, let's do it. Let's see. Um, I'm excited to hear this. Now she's going to be the one that doesn't answer. I'll be so confused. I'll be like, ma'am. <laughs> Hi, mom. Hi, baby. Oh, what happened? Nothing. Remember I told you I wanted to call you? Oh, my God. <laughs> so. Okay. <laughs> so so first of all say hello you're on you're on the podcast right now nightmares and chill oh my goodness hello everybody <laughs> hi hi so I, oh what were you gonna say nothing <laughs> <laughs> so um as you know this is our mother's day episode and yes. we you are my mother, correct? I think so, yeah. That's what they told me. Okay, good. I got a little scared uh, <laughs> sometimes. Um, so we just discussed Carrie. Mm-hmm. And I, as you know, in the movie, the mom is not really the biggest fan of her daughter. And she kind of thinks of her as like, a you know, as, as in her eyes, she's like a bad kid. Yep. So let's bring that to me. I want to know what was the most bad thing I did as a kid. Oh my goodness. Uh, She's like, where do I begin? Oh my goodness. You know what? I might think I'm a a lion, but when you were a kid, you were an angel. I was? Tell me more about that. He was nice, clean little boy um yeah but very considered like ooh. oh conceited yeah i mean not considered you were no i i I get it i'm I'm still like that you you always wanted to be right you hate make a mistake like in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. You wanna do everything right. Other than that, you didn't like it. So what you're and saying is nothing's changed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I was yeah. I was I was perfect all all my life. Well, not perfect, <laughs> but you try to be perfect and that the things don't come like the way you wanted it, you get really upset. Okay. All right, mommy. Bye. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I okay. No, I'm just kidding. Um, is there a like a a story or like a memory that you have of like one day where like maybe I wasn't like perfect and like you were like, "Oi, this kid." Um. Uh. Yeah. When you used to make you temper because things don't come alright. Yeah. Was like, oh, oh my god. I did you know, have a I did have a bad temper. Exactly. But Dude? now, yeah. Oh, just but now I don't. Right now, I, I have a perfect temper. <laughs> uh, 
Not really. But... <laughs> okay, mommy. <laughs> well, that's genetic, I think. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh my god, I love your mom. <laughs> well, thank you, mommy. That was so much fun. I love you. I love you more than anything Aww. in my whole life. You're my sunshine. <laughs> okay. And I hope you keep to be the way you are always because you have a beautiful heart. Mommy, go make me cry oh on the God, podcast. I'm going to cry too. Okay. Baby. All right. And you always be my baby, my Aww. sunshine. Well, you, I may be your baby, but you know what you are? The only B word I call my mom is beautiful. Oh, mijo. Love you, bitch. Thank you. I love you. I so too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, mommy. I'll talk to you later, okay? All right, honey. Bye-bye. Bye. That was precious. <laughs> oh, good idea, Eddie. That was good. That was cute. My mom just called me an asshole, but love that. Well. Wow. <laughs> Where do we begin? Where do we even end this? Well, thank you to our moms for both yes. taking a part of this special mother's day episode it was very sweet of yeah them that was too. really precious they yeah. should start a podcast oh i agree could you imagine? i would listen dude the religious stories oh 100 percent. that'd be great we want to give a shout out to all the moms that we do know yes all of our friends that are moms all of our fictional mommies yes jennifer is kind of like a mommy to me oh eddie that was really sweet <laughs> i don't know what i would do without her oh, so but Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Happy Mother's Day. And um, don't kill your children. Yeah, don't do that. And uh, listen to your mothers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And as always, Eddie, please let them know where they can find us. You can follow us on Instagram at Nightmares and Chill. You can follow us on Twitter at Nightmares Chill. We got a Facebook. Mm -hmm. You can email us with any concerns or questions at nightmaresandchill at gmail. And then you can follow me at Disnerd Eddie on Instagram and Twitter. And you can follow me at Jennifer X Pearls on Instagram. Thank you guys. Bye. Bye.